Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CX Cast, where we cover all things experience. I'm your host, Angelina Jenis, joined by my co-host, Adele Sage. Hey, Adele. Hello. And today, a guest I know quite well, it's Harley Manning. He's the Vice President and Research Director of the Customer Experience Research Team here at Forrester. Hey, Harley. Thank you so much for having me. Good to see you too. Of course. So today, Harley is going to tell us a little bit about some big research that he did. We are leading up to quite a bit of new research, new publications, new talks at our events. And it started a few months back at this point with Harley going out and asking our customers what they wanted. Harley, can you tell us a little bit about this undertaking that you started, what was this, back last summer? It was kind of late summer, early fall, and there were others working on this. I didn't do this all my all by my lonesome because it was uh, it, it was pretty it was big undertaking, but it was also really wonderful. It was one of the most satisfying things I've done at Forrester, and I've been here for over twenty years. Because normally, when we interview people for research, we're going after a very specific topic, and so we're asking them detailed questions about something they're doing with customer experience measurement or customer experience design or prioritization or something, but we're on a topic. Questions are established. This time, we were talking to CX leaders and just asking them, so what are you working on? It was very open-ended. And what was really just luxurious really about that was that we got to hear all about all kinds of things that we might normally miss because you just don't know to ask all the questions. You don't know what you don't know. And so we started out, we'd ask them, what are you working on? And they started telling us about all these big projects that they had and big initiatives and where they were running into bumps in the road and where they used research to help them, which you know gave us a good sense of where we were helpful and where we were less helpful. We did good interviewing practice and, and asked them things like, so could you tell us of a time when you maybe were looking for some research from Forrester and we didn't have it and we let you down? because you know, we're purposefully evoking unhappiness to, to see where we had gaps. And it was great because we ended up speaking with, it was just over 40 leaders in a variety of industries and geographies and you know all senior people, but titles ranged from like chief customer officer down to VPs and directors of specific functions. As we started evolving some of our research, we went back to some of them and we asked them questions and said, okay, did we get this right? What do you think about this thing? And so, you know, we turned the interview process into an iterative design process. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It really was huge job satisfaction. So what were some of the interesting things that you uncovered in those interviews? Oh, wow. Well, geez, so much to unpack. Well, so we're, first of all, we're definitely seeing more CX leaders who are at the executive level and who came to their jobs from other very senior types of positions uh, outside of CX often. So one of the people that we talked to, uh, she's a, is actually a chief customer officer. And when she took that job, the CEO gave her the option of either having the title of chief operating officer or chief customer officer. And she picked chief customer officer because she felt that it was more in line with the strategic intent of the company and, and signaled what they were looking for in terms of their operations, which was an increased focus on delivering superior customer experience. So that was pretty fascinating. But then beyond that, just I'll hit a couple of highlights. First, 
because this doesn't go without saying. With the year that we've gone through with COVID, there was a huge increase in emphasis on digital. So people who already had digital programs, they turned up the volume on them and, and tried to make them better and add things that they maybe been on the wish list for two years from now, and they became like, nope, two months from now. <laughs> so there was that. And the companies that weren't very advanced in digital and kind of thought, eh, you know, we'll get to it or whatever, suddenly found themselves scrambling and pulling in the CX team. So just huge, huge focus on digital. But beyond that, which that part was not surprising, we got some surprises. One of them is that the CX teams of today, compared to a few years ago, are far more likely to have deep expertise in customer analytics. So some of them have even merged with customer insights functions at their firms, and that's a trend that's ongoing. And we're seeing more data scientists and data analysts on these teams. And we're also seeing these teams running out and trying to hire more of this because there's this big emphasis on uh, metrics and quantification, and uh, especially on just understanding customers at scale. So that, that's one big one. I was pleasantly surprised to hear that. Secondly, they're much more engaged with making the business case for CX and then improving the ROI of their work once they've done the work. And we just heard about that throughout every phase of their, their life cycle from you know, setting up the team in the first place to just making the case for funding for particular projects to getting into those annual budget cycles. And just it, it was very much tied to we're trying to show benefits so that we can expand our function and deliver more benefit and create that virtuous cycle. So that's just the water they swim in. And I'll limit myself to just one more of the big ones right now. So, because this one really kind of surprised me too. About half of the people we talked to were deeply involved with their contact centers, both in improving the customer service experience and improving the employee experience of the contact center workers. And always, always, always in terms of pulling out useful customer insights from uh, the contact center, uh, largely in the, uh, the sense of pulling out data from contact center systems, data about the number of calls and length of calls and all that stuff. Yeah, but also just unstructured data, call center transcripts, calls, and using some of these new technologies that have come out that, again, this ties back to the customer analytics, but like unified data analytics platforms and, and tools. Uh, that are increasingly incorporated in a customer feedback management systems, you can now extract insights at scale from this unstructured data. And so this was particularly gratifying because for years we've been writing in our research and saying, this is an untapped opportunity. More CX teams ought to be spending more time getting insights for the contact centers. This is just this gold mine. And like half of the people that we talked to, in fact, I think it was slightly over half, are doing this now. They're at some, some level of sophistication in doing this. And that was just really exciting. It was gratifying. And it told us where we needed to do some more uh, research. It seems like these are kind of connected too. So if you are starting to tap into your call center, then it's going to make it easier to make the business case because you're going to have more data to leverage for that. And you need the data scientists, right, to help you understand the data and connect it. Yeah. 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 That's a great observation. All of this comes together in, in pretty much of a conceptual whole. It all makes sense together. So yeah, the numbers are because the business is looking for numbers. The numbers in turn help you understand both the nature of the problem and also then to be able to show that you've made progress towards solving the problem or capitalizing on an opportunity. So 
it really is just a magical, virtuous cycle. And then, of course, the other part of the mix there is people with uh, business skills who can then get that most important metric in there, which is something that starts with the dollar sign. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about these themes because they definitely resonate with what I hear from the CX council members I work with. We we can sometimes get that kind of larger picture from members. It's not always about talking about the specific projects they're working on all the time. So it, it's interesting to hear you identify these themes and then to reflect on things I hear from members in my conversations. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. It's interesting that you you say that because we spent a lot of time identifying the people that we wanted to talk to because we we didn't want this to be even remotely random. You know, 40 sounds like a lot. And if, if you've done qualitative research programs, 40 is a pretty good amount. However, as a fraction of our clients who are engaged with customer experience and a fraction of the people out there in the world beyond our clients who are engaged in customer experience. So we wanted to make sure that we were talking to the right people. And a lot of them, we got through council advisors and we talked to people who were on the councils where we had a pretty deep understanding going into the process that they were large and in charge and had significant responsibility and had put some real effort into understanding what was going on. So we did not talk to anybody who was anything less than well-informed and sophisticated in some areas. Now, obviously, not everybody is an expert in every area of customer experience. I'm sure not. It's gotten too big and too complex and too diverse for that. However, in general, the level of expertise was really quite good. What were some characteristics of leaders who were successful? Maybe less so on the skill side and more so on the leadership side. Yeah. They, so they had sort of classic business leader chops. They were people who a lot of times did come from some function other than customer experience. So a product function or a marketing function or a, a business intelligence function in some cases. But a lot of them had been running some large business unit or, or business function. And this was a logical career move for them. In some cases, it was a step up, and sometimes it was a step across, and sometimes it was a redefining of the role, like that chief customer officer I mentioned who could have been the chief operating officer. Same job, really, just the title that she picked. And they very much understand the issues around change management. They understand that you don't just declare, okay, we're all for customer experience now, and everybody pivots and marches. They know who to talk to. They know what the business dynamics are, the organizational dynamics. They have some sense of how business cases get made. The ones who are a little bit more junior, like for instance, might be in charge of a just a part of the customer experience function, like measurement, which often is very large organizations. So a lot of times they were they had a budget of millions and they had a staff of a dozen or so, but they were just focused in on this one thing. So those people were maybe less likely to the players at the business level. However, they were very much aware of who their boss reported to and what kind of relationships they had to build. So you got a bunch of insights from some strong leaders. What did you do with it? <laughs> Again, in terms of taking our own advice, we didn't want to fall victim to being a poster child for all listen, no, no action. So we did a, a couple of things and, and we did them sequentially. So the first thing that we did was we started taking a look at what we are currently doing research into 
where we might want to change that up a bit. And especially we were looking for gaps in our research. And so we assembled a list of six priorities that we derived from the research. So in other words, these are six priorities of the CX leaders, not of, of ours. It was six things that came through loud and clear that they wanted, needed to do. And as we formulated this, you know, we had an initial straw man. And then we went back to some of them, as I think I mentioned earlier, and, and said, okay, this is what we think we heard from you. Is this right? Does this sound like what you're actually wrestling with? And I felt pretty good. We were about maybe 60% right on our first pass. And then that still left a little refining to do and, and 40% is like, yeah, not quite. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this is why we do research. That's a very honest audience too. I know those guys, they're going to be like, I, when we fact check with them for our research, they're like, that is incorrect. Go back and do it again. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly what we wanted. We weren't looking for a validation. We, were, we really wanted to get it right. And we were very comfortable with the idea that initially maybe we didn't quite get it right uh, or even wrong in some cases. So they gave us good feedback. And so we made revisions. We went back until we felt really good about what we came up with. And so we're now organizing our research streams for this year and for the foreseeable future, pending some change that would tell us to do things differently around these six priorities. And it's causing us to cover some things less, but cover some things more and cover some things that we weren't covering at all. And um, I think is just as importantly is to do more collaboration with analysts from other teams outside of the CX team and bring in some really deep expertise. It's clearly something that our clients and uh, even some of the non-clients we talked to, that they really want and need that we weren't delivering. How much of the research we've already written fit well into the priorities and, and how much does require net new research? Yeah, I don't think that anything that we were previously writing was wrong. And keep in mind, we've been doing CX research now since 1998. And in addition to doing the research, we take inquiries, you know, collectively the team takes hundreds of inquiries from clients every year. And we also meet clients at events and participate in social media and such. And so it's not as if we hadn't done CX research before. Our research in general does reflect big things. So for instance, CX measurement is something that we've been writing about and writing about a lot uh, over the years. And that was also one of the things that was very much validated. Everybody has got a measurement program of some sort. They're at various levels of maturity, but they're increasingly sophisticated, which is pretty great. So ditto for design. We have uh, several analysts focused on design here. There is an interest in design, specifically designing that creates um, experiences that drive customer loyalty. So that was all validated. But then there were some things that we just, it was kind of a miss. It was a gap. And I can give you a couple of those if you're interested. Yes, please. Will do. So the, the, the first one was we had been assuming that if you're reading our research, then you're in a customer experience role and you're on a customer experience team. And we're just telling you how to 
you know, what we found that might help you do better at customer experience. And what we discovered was some of us are just setting up teams and we would like some advice on how we should do that and who we should hire first and what the most essential functions are and where we might expand later. Oh, and by the way, it's not just setting up the team, it's expanding the team over time and scaling up and scaling our impact on the business. And so we did not have a stream of research associated with that. We had some reports about it, but we didn't have that as a very specific, clear priority to establish, fund, and scale the CX team on an ongoing basis. So this is not a set and forget thing. This is every year there's a budget cycle. Every year we have to ask for money and we have to sing for our supper. We could get our budgets cut. We could get them expanded. They could be flat. If we want to do more good, we need to have more budget. And also, by the way, how should we most wisely spend our budget? So that was one that we just had a big donut hole for. And we're writing a lot of really interesting research about that right now because we, we just kind of slapped our foreheads and said, uh, well, yeah. Second big one is the, the second priority, which is collect and analyze data for customer insights. And this is kind of interesting because we had previously been writing a lot about customer understanding. We've been mostly, not entirely, but mostly focused on qualitative research. What we heard from these teams is that we are now able to do this kind of qualitative understanding at scale by using some of those tools I talked about earlier, like Unified Data Analytics to ingest this unstructured data and extract meaning from them. And so that was a huge change because we ended up reaching out to our business intelligence, our you know, business insights, customer insights team under a couple of other research directors. And we were able to essentially draft some really just fabulous analysts who I have a lot of respect for that we've done some collaboration with in the past and do a ton of collaboration and get them to uh, write uh, the, the foundation reports for this. And that's going to be on an ongoing basis. That wasn't a one and done. So I, I got to have a shout out to Brandon Purcell, who uh, led that effort and, and brought in a lot of other analysts. The, the guy's just, he's fabulous, great analyst, and he just was uh, so, you know, such a great attitude pulling this together. So the depth and breadth of customer insights specifically tailored, uh, that research specifically tailored to the needs of CX leaders it's blowing me away as I, as I was reading the drafts and the plans coming out of that team and helping to coordinate it, that a little bit, but mostly just trying to do no harm and, and stay out of the way. That's just killer stuff. And we, we just didn't realize that there was a hunger for that level of depth in, in that area. Angelina, that sounds like a good uh, future guest for us to bring on. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Oh, yeah. I, I would take Brandon. And who knows, maybe he'd like to have a co-presenter from the team or whatever, because he is uh, Cindy Little, Shell Carlson, uh, James McCormick, all really just contributed some very, very strong reports and loved reading them. Anyway, so I'll, I'll stop with that. I'm, I'm gushing. I'm sounding like a fanboy here. I kind of am a fanboy. I'm a fanboy of their research. It's really, it's really, really good stuff. Right on. <laughs> There's one other big thing that we felt the need for, and that's one of the priorities is to essentially have a CX-centric take on technology. So uh, this priority we're calling Enable CX with Technology. And what we found is that CX teams, the more successful ones, are increasingly getting involved with technology outside of the stuff that they just buy and use. So technology beyond feedback, 
management, whether it's a customer feedback management platform or whether it's an individual digital solution or or whatever. Or journey analytics, I would think of as another category where a CX pro would buy it and use it. See, this is where the overlap with the customer insights team. So they are using more of these analytics types of tools, but it's even beyond that. It's because you have to think about where does the data come from? And so we're not saying that, I mean, because the research didn't show this. The CX teams are not taking over customer service tools. They're not, but they are increasingly getting involved in the selection of those tools and the configuration of those tools so that they can make sure that insights come out of those tools and into some of these analytics platforms and that that data gets turned into insights, which then goes out to the organization to, to drive change. So customer service platforms, contact center platforms, but also CRM systems, for example. Got to pull the data out of that because ideally what you want to do is you want to pull the data that we traditionally have gotten from things like surveys, other kinds of customer insights from this unstructured feedback, and you want to pair that with your customer records so you know who's having what kind of an experience and are they spending more money with you as a result of a better experience or not. And then there's operational data that you need to pull in. So frankly, if you're a CX leader and you're not thinking about that broader technology footprint in your organization and you're not reaching out and saying, hey, let's talk, you could find yourself suddenly cut off from a critical piece of data. And that's going to keep you from having a complete view of the customer. And that's going to stop you from doing as good a work as you could do. So CX roles are pretty multifaceted, it sounds like. You've got to have a lot of different kinds of skills and lots of internal connections with folks across your organization. Is that fair? That's very fair. We talked about the data piece. Measurement is huge. About half of the teams have design functions. The other uh, half of the teams have uh, some sort of a relationship with a separate design group in the organization. So they have to know enough about design to be able to have an intelligent conversation. They need, obviously, a business planning, ideally some economic modeling. They should have change management skills. They should be uh, have some training and enablement skills. One of the key things that a lot of these teams do is to stand up CX champions programs so that they can expand their influence in the business and create a more sticky awareness of, of CX and skills to improve it. So, yeah, you need to have a lot of those skills on the team. And, and one of the questions that research can help with is, which of them do you hire first, given that no one's going to drop all the budget that you ever wanted or dreamed of into your lap on day one? So what advice are you giving people around whom to hire first, or does it depend? Uh, to a certain extent, it depends, but you can't go too far wrong starting out with getting the fundamentals of understanding your customers in place. So getting the measurement people, the analysts, the ones who can actually inventory what kinds of customer insights you're already getting from a variety of different sources and start to bring those together. Because frankly, until you begin to have a deep understanding of your customers, the chances that you will be able to pick the right projects and then manage them correctly to create better experiences that's going to win that customer loyalty, it's just going to be a shot in the dark. So where can we expect to find all this great research, part of which I wrote <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> um, well, so first of all, 
our clients are going to start to see some of this appearing on our Forrester website next month. Uh, so we're recording this in April. So if you're hearing this in May, it'll be this month. And if you're hearing it after May, it was May of 2021. Because we don't want to hold any of this back and much of it is completed, even though it's uh, the beginning. But a lot of the beginning has been completed. So you're going to start seeing that on our site. Then there's going to be a moment in time, which is our Customer Experience North America event, which is June 7th, 8th, and 9th. And it's a virtual event. This is the one we normally have in New York. And I'm assuming that following years, we'll have it in New York again. But right now, it's virtual. And you'll see a lot of the analysts who worked on this research presenting it in both main stage sessions and track sessions and discussing it. And I just love that kind of an interaction because you'll see the actual person who did the research and you'll hear the talk track and it'll be, it's a little bit more of an engaging experience for some people than, than reports. And yes, Angelina, we will see you. In fact, (laughs) you're leading off a track that I'm organizing, talking about the establishing the CX teams, which is looking to be a really good presentation that if you're attending the event, you should not miss. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, and uh, I'll be doing the concluding session of that track uh, with a couple of CX leaders talking about how this research applies to them on a day-to-day basis and what they're doing and just giving some some color. So in between that, there'll be deep dives into a lot of the different research, and, and you'll see it in some other track sessions on the main stage as well. So that's 7th, 8th, and 9th of June, plus replays. So that's a moment of time. And then the other big moment of time is sometime in August, there will be the launch of a new Forrester digital experience. And when we do that, a lot more of this content will appear, including a lot of digital tools, ranging from prioritization tools to stakeholder influence tools and a lot of stuff that you know our clients will be able to put their hands on and, and use. And that'll all be appearing at once, and it should be a little easier to access and understand the connectedness of all this, all this research. But essentially, we're not waiting. It's starting now. It's just going to be those two big moments in time in June and August, and then ongoing a connected experience. And we'll put a link to the CX North America Forum in the show notes here so folks can see more about the event and see the agenda. Much appreciated. It's, it is going to be a very good show. I've seen, a, as in previous years, I've been, been involved in, in recruiting people to speak and, and talking to them about the content. And what I'm seeing is really exciting. In fact, we've been canceling some of our check-ins because I'll have a check-in and I'll go, well, this looks great. <laughs> you, can, you can put this up tomorrow. I guess we don't need to meet again next week, do we? <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I think that's the first time that's ever happened. You know, usually it's like, yeah, that's not quite right this time. It's, I mean, I, you know, I think it's partially because we just did all this fresh research. Mm-hmm. And so we've all been so engaged in this and we've all been engaged in the process of making sure it was all connected and coherent that uh, turning it into sessions was easier than it's ever been before, even though the content is newer, fresher, and and hopefully more impactful. Yeah, I can agree with that. When I was creating my presentation, it was just look at the report, see what the most inspiring points were, most salient points, translate that into some storytelling that's better done live, and you got yourself a presentation. Yeah. Nice. Pretty great. Love it when a plan works out. Harley, anything else that you want to cover that we haven't talked about yet? I have been at Forrester now for quite some quite some time. It'll be 23 years in, in July. And this is the biggest, most exciting leap forward that I've seen us take in terms of customer experience 
research. I haven't been this excited about uh, delivering a big body of work since I co-authored uh, the book Outside In that was published back all the way back in 2012. So uh, here we are, fast forward nine years into the future, and this is just that exciting because it is such a big connected thing and because we've been able to cast such a broad net for talent. So I guess what I would emphasize to the listeners is that all, all of this, your, your best work is going to start with a deep understanding of your customers, of casting that big net and finding out what all is it that's troubling them and what would they aspire to have, and then having a concept that holds all those things together when you're thinking about designing solutions for them. And it's just utterly invaluable. I'm going to add a leading question here. Isn't it significant that as a VP research director, you yourself went in and did the research firsthand rather than hearing it from analysts? Yes, it is. So this, so this project is part of a larger effort across Forrester. And for each of these services, in this case, the CX service, we designated a research leader. And I had to wrangle uh, a lot of other research directors as well as analysts. And I very much got my hands dirty on this one, as did some other research directors. And also the group director that I report up to was in on some of the uh, research and design of this. So we treated this as seriously as anything we've ever done. It's cool to hear. And I'm sure that will be reflected in the, in the content. Oh, it already is. I'm not kidding. And I'm not just cheerleading. As I've been reading these reports, I'm going, wow, this is so... I mean, even to the extent that we have, for each of these priorities, we have a visual model accompanied by a table. So you, you look at this visual model, and at a glance, it tells you how to think about this priority, which is something that we had never thought of before, but it was part of the overall design of this Pan Forester project. And when we were asked to create these models, I thought, eh, I'm not so sure about this. But once we got into it, I realized, oh my God, why didn't we do this before? And so we're blessed with the CX team. We have a really uh, terrific researcher, Sam Karpinski, and she has really good graphic skills. She actually has a design background herself. And so we were able to start out with a, a single concept of a family of graphics that we were able to carry that through. So you'll not only see that each of these visuals does a good job of representing each priority, but when you look across all of them, it'll help you visualize the connectedness of all these different things and what you should do for a second, third. Nice. Shout out to Sam. She did a fabulous job. She also got dragooned into doing a lot of project management on this and uh, was really amazing at it. I, I didn't realize she had such uh, project management skills. So yeah, it really gave her a chance to shine. Nice. Well, Harley, thanks so much for joining us on the CX cast. It's been a pleasure as always. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I just, I love talking about this right now because it is just such an exciting piece of, a piece of work. It's great. It's definitely coming through in, in your description. So thank you. So everybody, that was Harley Manning, VP Research Director for the Customer Experience Team at Forrester. And uh, on behalf of Angelina and me, thanks for listening. <laughs>